Okay, can you all turn to Acts 2, verse 42? Just kind of put your thumb in there or your bookmark or whatever. If you haven't got a Bible, I think we've got some over there. Now, you are going to be joining in with the preach this morning, so I'm only going to be doing this for a short while. That's why I wanted you to pray for you as well, because God's going to speak through you. Now, um, I did say last week, could you mind, would you mind reading Acts for the whole week? Uh, I'm not going to ask you to stick your hand up. I hope you did, um, because it will just bless your socks off. The Bible will bless your socks off. You just need to open the, uh, the cover and read, or open the Bible app, and, and turn to whatever God is drawing you to. Um, I love the Word of God. I, I really, really do. I've said this before, but I remember as a, as a youngster being into all sorts of weird and wonderful things. I had lots of uh, spiritual books on my bookshelf, the Koran, uh, some wise teaching from spiritual gurus, things like that, and, and the Bible. And I remember hearing once somebody say, uh, who was a Christian, he said, when I open the Word of God, it, it comes alive under, you know, in my hands. It, it, it just, the, the words just mean more than they, they ever did when they were first written down. They mean something different to me every day. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. I open my Bible and I don't get that. Not then. I do now. Because the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Written by men, but the inspired Word of God. What he wants to be put in, that, in, this, in, this, in this, this scripture is what God wanted to put in the scripture. And just because it isn't written in red doesn't mean it's not valuable. So, yeah, like Jesus, a lot of the Bible versions, Jesus has, his words are in red. Well, listen, whatever Paul says is valuable, whatever Peter said is valuable, whatever Luke and Mark and all those other people, whatever they said is valuable for you to learn from. Um, I don't know why I kind of went there, but uh, I just got a love of Scripture. And as Christians, if, if we read the Word and we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal something to us, he will. So make a, make a promise to me today, will you, folks? If, if you're not in the habit of reading the words, why don't you just make, make a commitment today in your heart and go, Lord, from, from now on, I'm going to... Yes, please, that would be great. Um, uh, I'm going to read the word, and I'm going to let it take root in my heart. Okay? Ace, brilliant. All right, so um, God has really been speaking to me about Acts, and particularly about Peter, actually, the character of Peter. And I'm not going to talk about necessarily Peter today, but he is an amazing character. Someone, in, and this is the thing, I was reading some guy called Andy, uh, 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 an article by a guy called Andy Stanley. Uh, he leads a, a big church in the States, and some people caught him up uh, on something he said in a sermon. Uh, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically he was, he, in, in, kind of traditional conservative evangelistic eyes, he was evangelicalized, he was putting the priority of the words of scripture down a peg or two, but he wasn't. What he was trying to say is is that in today's society, in our post-Christian society, not non-Christian society, but post-Christian society, where Christianity is at the heart of everybody's day-to-day life, it isn't today, I think you can admit that, um, People don't refer, non-Christians certainly don't know what you're talking about when you start quoting chapter and verse. But would you agree? That in fact, you know, when I was at school, I was given a little red Bible, a little red New Testament. Probably Gideon was giving those out. I don't know if that happens these days. I don't know if, if school children get given that anymore in a lot of the schools, do they? Well, that's a good thing. They're quite often thrown away. But what it is, it's just saying to you that the Bible isn't held in any kind of high esteem. People don't even understand the Bible. Um, so if you start quoting chapter and verse to somebody who has no idea, they won't know what you're talking about. So what he was suggesting, and what I actually loved about this, what Andy Stanley was saying, 
Start talking about the characters behind the stories in the Bible. Start, start relating those people, those, those times, those, those struggles, those, those um, failures or those things that they did really well. Let's start relating to those rather than chapter and verse. And that's what I would like us to just consider this morning. Let's start thinking about the people that are behind the words so we can truly understand what, God, what are you saying? Because these were people just like us. 2,000 years later, people aren't more intelligent than they were back then. It's, it's an arrogance to suggest that just because we're further down the timeline, we're better people than they were. That's an absolute nonsense. They just didn't have as many discoveries as we did. But they were as intelligent, and they were as passionate, and they were as fearful, and they were as joyful as we ever are and ever will be. And, and to begin to look at those people and go, what is your life telling me? And that, again, just coming back to Peter, that's why I love Peter, because he failed a lot, <laughs> but he succeeded a lot. So Peter denied Jesus, didn't he? If you, if you know the story, he denied Jesus. He, last week, we, we heard about him kind of uh, uh, doubting Jesus. You know, why, why you have so little faith? Christ said to him, but if you remember, I said to you, at least he had a little bit of faith. At least, least, least he had that little bit to get out and to stand on something that you you don't normally assume you can stand on. Uh, and, and, you know, he turns out to be one of the, in quotes, pillars of the church, doesn't he? On you I will build my church, Christ says to him. Peter is a rock. He's a rock. He's solid. So he comes from this flaky guy going backwards and forwards between fully sold out and fully passionate to being scared and, and wanting to back away and wanting to deny to actually being somebody upon which the church was built. Um, and, and I find that fascinating. I find that encouraging, and uh, I want to be more. I want to be more honest. I want to be more more honest and say I'm, I'm more like Peter in some of his failures than I am sometimes in some of his successes. Um, but you know what? God is good, and and I said again last week that Paul, the paradox of what Paul says again, another guy in Scripture, that in in his weakness Christ is made known. Uh, uh, wow, you know, in in it's not. In our humbleness, and humble isn't just saying yes to anybody and kind of letting everybody walk all over you. It's just going, I, I, I know where I am. I know who my, who my God is, and, and, and that's what I rely on. That's what I, I, I walk on. That's what I, I focus my life through, and he brings me value. And, and that stops you being arrogant. That stops you being timid because you're bold in the spirit, aren't you? But you're not. You're not, you're not arrogant in thinking that you, you've got it all together because actually Jesus can teach us so much more. Awesome. Acts 22. I'm gonna, I've come with no notes this morning um, <laughs> because God told me not to. Because I want to read this little bit of scripture to you and I just want to go through it as, as, I, as I feel that God has, has called me to look at it this morning. There's one particular verse that I'm going to draw us back to. So let's just read it together so we understand it and we've got it in our heads. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It's got the NIV up here. I'll leave it on the NIV then because the NLT is offline. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God 
and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's take it a line at a time. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That tells me straight away that that is foundational to a Christian's way of life, to listen to those who God has ordained to teach and to preach and to trust and to take heart what you're hearing and you are seeing. Um, I've kind of, yeah, I'll I'll come to that in a second. Um, It's not that they have everything together, but if we believe that God has called them to preach and to teach, and that's a gift from God, then we submit ourselves to that teaching and to that preaching. We can question. We can talk. That's Hebraic way of life, isn't it? It's not just sitting like you're doing right now. And this is why we're going to do something a little bit different in a few moments. Um, and, and taking right, well, what you say is absolutely correct and right. But what you do is you listen and you, you, you let yourself be challenged or you let yourself be encouraged. You take down notes and then you go away and you work it out with Jesus and with all the other resources we have available in today's age. And we go, wow, yeah, I get that. I understand that. So that's one thing we do. And to fellowship. And it's so important. You cannot do Christianity on your own. You cannot be a Christian on your own. And that is why I will continue to and repeat myself a dozen times. Local church should be one of the the things that every Christian gets connected to. You, You can't be all that God wants you to be outside of a local fellowship. So if you have access to a local fellowship, a local church, get yourself connected. That, that, is, that is one of the ways in which you will mature and grow. And stay committed and connected as well. So it's not just something that is, is, is maybe number four or number five on our priorities. It's actually number, maybe number three. So for me, this is how I run, run my life. God is first. <laughs> in fact, God is, is outside of those priorities. God is, is kind of is, is the be-all and end-all. Because to prioritize God suggests that I can put him at number two or number three. And I think that's a danger. So actually, don't even say God is at number one, because it means you, you can bring him down to number two, number three, or number four. Just say, he is everything. And then beyond that is family. So my, my, my immediate family. They're, they're, God has, has given me to care for my family, to be the head of my household, regardless how you read the scripture or not, to, to, to be there for them, to encourage them, and to build, build them up, to, to help them, to sometimes discipline them, but to, mainly to love them and to care for them and show them the right way. And as a leader, if you can't manage your, your own household, then how are you going to manage the household of God? So that, I need to make sure I'm taking care of that. And then church, my local church. That then comes first. That comes third or second, depending how you're looking at it. Um, because it's so important that we fellowship together. I look forward to Sunday so much. And I do a lot on Sundays, you know, particularly as we're unpacking and packing. But that's not a chore for me. It's, an, it's a love and it's a desire because I'm serving you guys. I'm loving you guys. And, and through that, I'm, I'm serving and loving Jesus. And nothing gives me greater pleasure. So make a commitment today, folks. I'm going to be committed and connected. You're here, you're committed and connected today. But don't let other things take a priority if you can help it. Sometimes jobs get in the way. Sometimes things are unavoidable. And you have to go and do those. And sometimes we need a holiday. Um, but... But even when we go on holiday, I'm not bigging ourselves up. We, we find a local church to go fellowship with on the Sunday if we can. When we went to Wales again, we went to see Freedom Church Swansea. They were closed. Uh, <laughs> they were having a couple of weeks off. And I thought, well, 
okay. <laughs> um, they're a very small plant out, so I can understand why they did that. There were mainly students, and the students were away. Um, anyway, and we did that, and then when we came back the second week, we went and visited Hope City, didn't we? Do you remember me telling you about that? And we were completely blessed and loved by Hope City. They prayed. They didn't, you know, it was just wonderful. And that's, I'm just trying to say how much I, devo- how much I love and desire a connection with the local church. So then they moved on to breaking of bread and to prayer. Again, um, prayer is incredibly important. I'm, I'm impassioned about prayer. I'm impassioned that we need to be more prayerful. As a people, we need to be more prayerful. And again, I don't just mean on your own. I don't just mean kind of those quiet prayers on the bus or in the car, which are important, but it's not just that. Because that's within the context of them coming together, fellowshipping together, breaking bread together. Breaking bread, you must around some kind of meal time or some kind of event, some kind of time together that is quite intimate. You're sharing something. You're sharing the body of Christ with one another. That's quite an intimate thing. You can't do that on your own, can you? Not necessarily. It's, it's about doing it together. And, and so prayer is really, really important. So when there's opportunities for the church to come together for prayer, don't miss it. Hashtag challenge. Don't miss it. Get together for prayer and see what God is doing and see what God is saying. Yeah? So this is the, these are some of the things. Every, the, right, okay. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Kathy, have you got the New Living Translation open? Can I, can I just read that? Because I think it says it differently in the New Living. It might not. I might be mistaken. Thanks. Let me just quickly find that here. Uh, no, nope, it doesn't. <laughs> it says it exactly the same. I thought it said something different. But here's the thing. All right? Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And here's the key line that God really spoke to me about. Everyone was filled with awe. Everyone was filled with awe. That awe is, is the presence of God. That awe is, is, is somehow recognizing his awesome majesty. The, the word awe there is that when you look at it in the Greek, is the same word they use for fear, the same word they use for terrifying. It's the word phobos, phobia. So the translators have chosen to, to use awe because of the context in which we find this bit of scripture. So awe, you've heard, have you heard about the fear of God? You've you got the fear of God. Well, it's not about being scared of God. It's about showing him due reverence and piety. So, so piety, kind of a, a religious reverence. But we're not religious, but this is God. And what I, I loved seeing Addy this morning running around just worshipping God the way that she did. I loved seeing some of the kids kind of running around. And I haven't seen that for a little while. I loved, the, I loved Pat doing her little Pat dance. Uh, around. And, 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 and it was a. I just thought, God, you're so cool that I'm going to speak on, you know, being able to step out into some amazing signs and wonders. And in our worship that electronically failed miserably right there, but, but worked wonderfully because worship comes from our hearts, not from what we're listening to or seeing. You come with a worshipful heart, a heart which is in awe of God. And I think once you begin to just release God can do some weird and wonderful things. Um, 
And so Addie's there going, ah, and she's, she's enjoying worship. She's loving worship. But if you didn't understand what we're going, you'd be like, whoa, what, what's, what's that? But, you know, it ran past me, the kids ran past, and I just smiled. I thought, thank you, Jesus. They're letting their worship be exhibited. They're, they're, they're in awe of you. Um, Pete Topless. Anybody know Pete Topless? Uh, he's been to speak a, a, over a year now, um, but he's a great preacher from Derby. Is it Derby? I always get the mix up. No, Chester, thank you. Chester Field, thank you. Um, and uh, we met together and we had some lunch, and, and it was really great to meet with Peter. He's got one of the driest sense of humours I've ever, ever come across, and sometimes he says something to me, I'm going, are you serious? I, I don't know. I'm going to assume you're not, and, uh, and appreciate your humour. Anyway, he said something, we were talking about this very thing, and, and he said, they were down in a, uh, they were having a leadership meeting, and uh, one time a number of people were in the room, and they had this guy called Kevin Dedman over from uh, Bethel Church. Uh, Kevin Dedman is the guy who's kind of developed or worked out treasure hunting. Have you heard of treasure hunting? So it's where you come together, you pray, and you say, God, give me, uh, uh, give me uh, images of who, or, or speak to me of who you want me to, to meet and to see and to talk to and give a prophetic word to. So they'll, they'll ask God, and they'll, they'll sit and wait on God. They'll write down what God has given them, and then they'll go out purposefully to speak to people, but only to the people or to the situations that God has given them in their prophetic prayer time. So it's called treasure hunting because you've written your map, basically, and then you're going out to find the treasure, which is the people. Uh, And there's been so many amazing stuff that's come from that. I'd love us to do that. I really, really would. I think it'd be amazing. But um, he, he, he was telling them a story of healing and, and how God has healed. And he said, I feel, I feel like we, I just want us to, oh, I feel God wants to heal people today. So he went, Lord Jesus, heal people. And he went, right, who's been healed? And, and I love that. Don't you love that? You know, like we, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see in, 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 in Acts that, you know, that the, the aprons can heal, that handkerchiefs that heal, unusual things can happen. You don't need an elongated fancy prayer. You just, you can just be, Jesus, heal it sounds like I'm, he's a dog. Heal. That's not what... No. Let these people be healed. You get what I'm saying? Um, and uh, he's telling this story. Where, and so he did that. And this woman in, in, in that leadership meeting that Peter was at, um, she went like this. She went, I can move my arm. And Kevin Dedman went bonkers. Like, he was American, so he probably went like A-plus bonkers. But, you know, oh, this, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. And she only did this. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're so good. And, and, and every, every, all the British guys are going, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. And apparently Kevin rebuked them because he's like, guys, this is amazing. He said to the woman, to Kevin, he said, how, how much could you move your arm before? She went, I haven't been able to move my arm for 25 years. Anyway, well, let's pray for more healing. But guys, let's, he was saying basically, let's appreciate what God has done. So, Wow. So, you know, again, let's make another commitment this morning. When we see and we hear what God is doing, let us celebrate, praise his name, and thank him for all that he's doing. Let's, I don't want to say let's stop being British, because we've got some amazing attributes as British people. We really, really have. And if you're not British, um, you've got some amazing attributes as well. I don't know where you might be from. But, um, uh, we have got some, and, but sometimes our, re, our reserve nature does us a disservice. Because we can all go a bit crazy. I know, I mean, you know, I know a lot of you, and uh, I know you can go bonkers. But let's make a commitment now to go, God, you are amazing, you're awesome, you're fantastic. 
when we hear about what he is doing in people's lives, when the healing that we see, when the prophetic word is given. Because let's face it, when, and, and I said this, when, as a guy called Sean Boltz gave, us, gave me a prophetic word a number of months ago. He's, he's an amazing prophet of God. And it dawned on me afterwards. It was the most specific prophetic word I've ever had. But it dawned on me afterwards that the God, the God of the universe, the, 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 whatever he is, spirit, and whatever God is, that, that moves molecules, that moves stars, that for a moment... I mean, God is omnipotent, so he's with us everywhere at all times. But for a moment, he just went, son, I've got something I want to say to you. That's the level of the prophetic word that we want to receive it at. Our problem as British people, and I'm coming back to us sometimes, is our skepticism and our cynicism. It overwhelms what we're seeing. And if we're spiritual creatures having a human experience, not human beings having a spiritual experience... We've got, to, we've got to receive that and go, wow. And that, for me, that was amazing. Like, God, you're speaking to me. Father God. You know, you could be stopping a typhoon in Asia. And you probably are at the same time. And you're speaking to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, just ordering the stars. And I, I Wow. So what I'm trying to get at is, my thing's gone off, I spoke too long. It's the, the awe of God, the, the fear of God. So what's interesting is that that same word, terif- so it's translated as terrified, is used in what I spoke about last week. When they saw the ghost, or they thought it was a ghost on the water, they, it says they were terrified. It's the same word that is now used to say they were in awe of God. When you're terrified, what happens? You, 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 are, you, you are frozen, maybe really terrified. You know, like if you just had an extremely bad nightmare or something, you're frozen, aren't you? You're like, and, and, and just everything at the moment is zoomed in and focused in on what you're terrified about. Well, if, it's, if, if being in awe is like that, but not being scared, we are then, so when, when God does something, it should be, oh, what, oh, everything just zooms in on that moment. God, wow. And, and, and what we do is, as, as people around somebody has gone a bit bonkers for God, we join in. And we go, wow, tell me what God's just done. That's, that's thrilling. It's, it's what I want to call the wow factor. The wow factor, Pete. Wow. Just wow. And it'll come up in a moment. But it is, it's, there we go. Oh, what's... All that is there, but never mind. It's the wow factor. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, um, because let's read on. Because it is about context in Scripture. What, what happened before? What happened next? What's the bigger picture? Look what happens when they were filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Well, today, when we're filled with awe about the word that Ben gives Neve, the word that Sarah does, the word that the other guys did, and whoever else gave a word. Wow, thank you, Jesus. That's so amazing. What did they do? Well, what then should we do? Or what should we do that is equivalent today is all the believers were together and had everything in common um, and they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Isn't that a challenge? I'm not suggesting we go out and we sell our houses and all that kind of business, but I'm not suggesting we don't either. 
that when we're truly filled with the awe of God and go, I have got your plan, Jesus. I know what you want me to do. You mean you want me to do this? That sounds bonkers, sounds crazy, but I'm going to step out. Because they had everything in common. That means everything was together. And they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So we look for need constantly, don't we? That's what we should be. Let's, Jesus, where's the need? Where do what I need to give into? And what happens is if you're giving a need, you'll find somebody else provides your need. And it's a wonderful domino effect. Flum, 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 flum. We're all getting our needs needed. I want to, uh, okay, now I'm going to, um, somebody gave us a, a little bit of cash for, um, for, for a new, towards a new car, uh, when our car got stolen, wasn't, um, wasn't an amazing amount, but my goodness, I was grateful, uh, but we'll put, we'll put that towards that, the same morning, somebody was in need of something, and I immediately felt, I'm not saying this to boast, I'm just telling you this is the way the world works, I immediately, the way that God works, I immediately felt, I need to give them this. And it was nearly half of what we'd just been given. But that was, and we did. A few weeks later, God gives us a car. Are those things connected? I think so. Because I think God loves a a heart that loves to give. And, And I just think that's the way the world, I just think, sorry, I think that's the way that God works. Certainly not the way the world works. It's the way that God works. It isn't just about finances. It's also about time and effort and energy. But it's, it, I've said before that when we give, it's because we, we're giving out of a, a heart that wants to learn it as a habit. I want to be able to give because that's who you are, Jesus. He gave it all. He gave his life for you. He sacrificed everything that he had for you. So when you're deliberating, going back and forth and going, do you really want to sell my house? Do you really want me to move to East End Park? Just hinting. You know, do, you, do you want me to do those things? Um, you go, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to trust God. Maybe that's what we need to be doing a little bit more. And I've got to be honest, that's where I'm really stepping into. I'm trusting God for everything. Trusting him for everything. Yet we're wise and we're sensible most of the time. But sometimes God doesn't want you to be sensible. He wants you to go with it and see what happens. So they sold everything they had. And here's here's the thing. Again, just reinforces his coming together. Uh, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day they went to church. Semantics. You could say every day this, that, and the other. But let me just bluntly say it. Every day they went to church and met. So when in the future we're going, oh, oh, I've got to have Sunday off. I've got to have those three hours off because I've got so much to do. Why don't you try prioritizing what God, where God wants you to be first before you start letting it slip down the ladder? Because before you know it, it slips and it slides. It starts number 11, number 12. It goes into the orbit. And then you start disappearing. I've seen it too many times. I've, I've been doing this now for 10 years. I've been in church leadership for over 10 years now. And the number of people who've gone, oh, I'm hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm disillusioned. And they, the first thing they do is step out of local church. They don't step out of Jesus. And they certainly don't lose their faith that they have in him. But for some reason, they step out of local church. They step out of fellowshipping together. And eventually, they just wander off into the distance. And then we don't know where they're faith is out. We don't know where they're walking. When we are struggling, when we are going through hard times, the church is here for you. 
It is not a time to wander off. It is a time to get stuck in and say, I am struggling with this. Help me and love me. And no matter what it is, no matter what it is, we will love you. And we will help you the best that we can. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. We need to do more eating together. Definitely need to do more eating together. What's that? Messy church. We need to do more eating together. That's why life groups are so important. If you're not connected to a life group, get, get yourself connected. Writings on the wall. Just, just do it. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. You know, the skeptic would say, well, God didn't give you that car. People did. No, God did. He just prompted those people to give us the money for that car. The favor of all the people. And then what happens? Let's look at the last line. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. If we start to work some of these things out, I mean, really, truly, if we really go, wow, God, you're amazing, and I am, I am prepared to see and to witness wonderful and weird things, and then people can be daily added to our number, I'm up for it. Are you? Because it's not just about growing, it's not about growing a big church. Because as I said a number of weeks ago, we will be the size that God wants us to be to reach and to work in the ways that he wants us to be. And it could be big, it could be now, it could be, if you, but we want to see people saved. We don't want church transference. We want to see new birth, people coming into the kingdom of God and then affecting those around them and their families and then them coming into the kingdom of God. Christianity isn't dead. We may be in a, in a, in a quote, post-Christian society, but God is, is on the, we're on the verge of something wonderful. And I've heard it from too many people that are in too many separate things, like they didn't know they were saying that, and they didn't know they were saying that. Even just at the, the week just gone in this Kingdom Connections thing that myself uh, and a few others uh, went to, um, we heard this prophetic word that it's like there, there's no big fire, so there's no like mega church or mega church leader going to be leading this. It's going to be all the local churches and local expressions of, of church all over the country will just begin to come together and this, this separate embers will just wash into a fire. And then I was chatting to a guy called Daryl Tunnelly. Who remembers Daryl? Got some of his books over there. I think we've got his book on there. If not, we'll get some more. Um, I met with him the other day and he said, I've got this vision of these little fires... <laughs> All over the place. You know, the local church being what it is should be. Being what it should do. Not aspiring to be a bigger church, but a church that is reaching people. Because that's our aim. It's not to make a big church. It's to reach people. Um, But inevitably, the fruit of reaching people is you see new birth and your church grows. And then you plant out. And then you plant out. And then you plant out. It's an organic thing, isn't it? I'm desperate to see people added to our number. I'm desperate to see people saved. Let's just get the awe of God. Let's just really understand who he is. Now, um, we're gonna, I, I'd like us to do this. You've got 10 minutes to do this, okay? Um, uh, and I've, Kathy, bless her heart, went through all of Acts, and in each chapter, uh, she wrote some verses down on what was happening in those verses. And what, the reason I asked you to read Acts is that if God is saying anything to you, or said anything to you over the week, to, to kind of, it'll, it'll, have been apparent, it'll be made apparent 
So God spoke to me about that, being in awe of him. A healthy fear of God. He, you know, he put Moses in the cleft of a rock to walk by. You know, Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. If we were to see God, you know, we couldn't handle it. Um, he lets us have a little bit of him. Anyway, I'm going to give these out. Uh, and I'd like to get into smallish groups. So maybe three, four. And, and just go through these if you haven't got anything already. And just look at the verses yourself. And, think, and, and talk with one another, or maybe just think for a few moments to yourself, what are you saying to me through this, God? What, what is your word speaking to me this morning? Because I'd love the word for everybody here to come alive under your, uh, uh, you know, in your hands. And, and let's get into that reading the scriptures as well as listening to the, the teaching of others. Let's, listen, let's, let's work out for ourselves what God is saying. You don't need a theology degree. You just need to listen to the Spirit and see what the Word says. All right, so could you please do that? Maybe just organize yourselves into three groups of three and four. If you're uncomfortable, um, and slot yourself in then maybe with somebody who uh, you feel might help you in that. Okay, so final few minutes. We've got two, three minutes, and then we are finished. We, Stu just would like to share something. Um, and then we're going to say our declaration together. So if we could have every ear and every eye... Every ear looking, every ear looking, every ear hearing, every eye looking. And let's honour Stu what he's about to share with us. I'll be honour you, Mark, today. It was tremendous. Um, I got really emotional suddenly. (laughs) (laughs) Not like me, no. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, Last week, Mark asked us to read Acts. Whoa, it's only 28 chapters, hey? Yeah, no. How many chapters do you normally read in a week? It got to Saturday and I hadn't started. Oh, boy. So how do you squeeze it in? So I had an idea. Download the audio version and listen whilst I'm doing stuff. So I managed to get up to chapter 10. But the thing that I found was incredible, which shouldn't surprise me, was my faith level started going up and up and up. And I, this word awe, I experienced that awe yesterday in a way that I haven't for a long time. When I got to the passage of Ananias and Sapphira, and if you don't know it, go read it. And there was a level amongst those people of expectation and faith that was triggering the supernatural day by day. And that is for us. I prophesy over us that the level rises. And it was because of the word of God. That was what was doing it. The enemy wants to stop us from accessing that word. But as we do, we will find things changing in our lives, round and about us, and in our expectations. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Okay, one last thing. I just have to say something. Well, Stu's talking about faith rising. On Friday evening, we're praying. It was our like regular prayer time, wasn't it? And um, there were two things that stuck with me that God just lifted our faith for. The first one, uh, well, we prayed for all the new ventures that are going, for Messy Church and Stay and Play and all those things. But we're praying, we were praying for the young people. And we were calling in and we were declaring over God that young people from this neighborhood are going to come. And we were asking God for the ringleaders. So will you join us in your prayers and in your faith? As faith is rising, as you're reading Acts, 
we're asking for the ringleaders in this neighborhood to come into the kingdom and come into our youth. That was the first thing. The second thing that God gave us was about businesses. So you'll be aware when you walk around the estate here, there's little businesses all over the place, little yards, little shops, factory over the road. They are on our patch. They're on our manor. God has put us here. They're part of our community. So we started to pray favor on the businesses, success on the businesses in this locality, Profit, profits rising so that they'll produce more jobs because we need jobs in East End Park. And that it would be a two-way conduit of blessing that God will give us inroads and entrance into those businesses so that we can start to bring the good news of the kingdom into those businesses, to those business leaders, and that they will be a conduit then of resource and blessing to us. So will you just join heart and faith with those two prayers? We're praying for ringleaders, future leaders in our nation, in our world, that are going to come out of this community for the kingdom, and for success and prosperity and an open door into businesses. Father, we just declare your goodness. We thank you that you've been leading us in prayer, just as uh, Mark was talking earlier. You told us where to go, what to do, how to pray, Lord God. You don't leave, leave us without wisdom and knowledge, but you, you direct our paths, and you're directing our paths in prayer. And we just want to thank you, Lord, our expectation and our faith. What you are going to do, what you're already doing, is amazing, Lord. And we love you and we bless you for your Holy Spirit being poured out amongst us. Thank you for the freedom that you've given us, Lord Jesus. Amen. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do... We make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We our family and in this house that means we, we love, love.